This week, we're bringing you an introspective episode of Big Boys as we dive into the hilarious world of animated sitcoms as well as the talented voice actors who bring them to life and just what these shows mean to us. And being intellectuals, we also discuss music and mathematics, all in this week's episode of Big Boys. Prepare to be mesmerized and or mortified. Well, what's happening there? Old Souls here had me something from that. You son of a... Ah, yeah, clever. Kind of soft and only like in one ear. But I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Look at those boys, ain't With Brian Hickey and John McGray. Yo ho ho, Johnny boy. Hey. All right. Episode two, season two. Doing good. Feeling good. How about you? I'm all right. Yeah. 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 <sighs> so, uh, in regards to uh, following uh, up on our last episode, I did go to that uh, that uh, premiere. Yeah, how'd that go? Good. I just saw uh, actually about like an hour ago uh, a little update from old the old Rue boy um, that uh, we won an award, which is weird because I didn't even know that they were like uh, nominating people or anything. But we uh, we won the best uh, mockumentary short. Oh, that's awesome! So that's good. Yeah. And it was uh, it was well received. So you know, I wish there was more um, industry people about, but uh, you know, it was good to catch up with uh, um, the other actors that were involved, and uh, and Rue and uh, Olivia, who was a uh, a person I went to high or not high school. Uh, you would have known her. If that was the case. I went to college with Olivia. That's how I got involved in the whole project. And uh, just got That's to catch awesome. up with them, and it was yeah, it was a fun, good time, man. Yeah. So all all, good stuff, you know? Is well, that, that's awesome. That's cool that you guys got an award. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's like the, I mean, all awards are pretty ephemeral and, uh, you know, only have as much meaning as you apply to them. But, like, it was just like uh, an online notification that he got. You know what I mean? I don't think he's got, like, a plaque or anything. I think it was just like, hey, we awarded you this, but it's like there's not even, like, a, a physical thing to hold or to show, you know? Yeah, but it's cool to just be yeah. recognized sometimes, you know, like, uh, you know, like, like, like you said, it, it only means as much as I guess you really care about it, but right. still, you know, it's cool to just get, know that you're getting a little recognition on something. Yeah, yeah, it was nice of them the, of the Marina Del Rey Film Festival to say, hey, hey, we see you. We see you. We see you guys. Yeah. Making efforts. Unlike old John Boy over there with his blurred background and terrible headroom. Hey, man, it's just fine. You can see me just fine. Yeah, it's uh, there we go. Phone's probably gonna fall over though. Well, don't let that happen. No, I can't reach it from here. Let's say, I mean, do you just s- sit and like hold it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, viewers, assuming yeah. that uh, we don't have another te- round of technical issues and you're gonna be able to see the the juxtapositions between my background and john's and the uh, level of thought that i put into uh, you know 
trying to make it, uh, uh, you know, appealing to the viewer. Because I streamlined the process. Work smarter, not harder. You can do all that, or you could click blur background. Problem solved. Yeah, because this is same, same, right? It's like I'm looking at a, a real avant-garde. Yeah, uh, it, it's cool because now I am the focus. Like, like everything else is, it's quite literally blurred. Like your vision yeah. is on me. I mean, See, I'm you, even wearing a red shirt because it, it catches the eye. You are literally the focus. Uh, most, most specifically, your shoulders are the focus because your computer doesn't know whether or not to blur those out. Yeah, see, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was the critique I was giving. It's so cool. <laughs> it is, yeah, man. Doesn't look see? shoddy at all. Where where do I where do I stop and no. the background begin? It's all it's, one. Certainly doesn't make me think like, am I putting too much effort into this? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a thought worth thinking. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, well, it seems to you know. You seem to find a way to uh, to have that uh, be a recurring thought for me every time we meet. Yeah. So kudos to you, John Boy. Kudos to you. I, I've got you know, it's one of my skills. Mm-hmm. As you're displaying advertisements for sponsors, we don't have the Buffalo. Oh yeah, Wild I'm Wings. playing with a gift card. It was just on my desk. Yeah. yeah. And what is that? A Ruby Tuesday shirt? No, it's a uh, Riley's Tavern. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you look like a uh, you look like the specific <laughs> um, clientele that they're they're looking to get at Red Robin. You know. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you can only see me from the waist up, but that begs the question: Am I wearing pants? Am I not wearing pants? Viewers will never know. You know what? And uh, I'd like to never know as well. Because <laughs> yeah. I, the thought didn't enter my mind until you just mentioned it, but I. I know that it's about a 50-50 shot. Yeah, yeah. You roll the dice, to be honest. Only only I really know. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Let's, yeah. let, you know, it's nice to, to give a certain level of mystery yeah. to these things, you know? That means if I move, I'm going to have to mute the camera, like turn it off. Otherwise, you know, that'll give it away. Exactly. We should start a poll amongst our viewers. Like, was John wearing pants? Yes or no? I feel like the feedback is going to be about 50-50. And like, yeah. you know what? This, the audience is starting to get a grasp of you as a person, you know? You're a yeah. real wild card. Yeah, they'll be like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, so what's um, what's this uh, concert you're going to? Uh, uh, Uncle Cracker? Uncle Lucius. Lucius. Uncle Lucius, one of the uncles. Yeah, yeah. Uncle yeah. Lucius is a group, not an individual. It's kind of like Marshall Tucker Band. There is no Marshall Tucker. You know? Oh man, but Led Zeppelin, though I love that guy. There's no denying yeah. he's the best of all the. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah, absolutely. See, that that throws me off. I thought for sure Uncle Lucius was an uncle of to someone, you know, because the the Marshall I'm, Tucker band. I kind of get that or Def Leppard. Like those are two words that are put together that can also, you know, if you don't know much about the bands, like. Seemingly, it could sound like it's one person, but also it's like, oh, yeah, Marshall and Tucker. That's clearly two names put together to sound like one. Whereas Uncle Lucius, I mean, uncle is a title generally given to someone who is a singular person. You never hear the word uncle singular describing more than one person other than in a band. 
Would you? Yeah, agree? yeah, but I mean, Marshall Tucker sounds like a name. No, or, that's, or, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the subtle distinction, though, is like, I guess, okay, well, with, you know what? I guess Marshall is a title as well, but I didn't think that this band was uh, led by a, uh, you know, a U.S. Marshal. A U.S. Marshal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all got badges that they come out on. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a very distinct look um, similar to that of, um, oh, hell, what the hell? I almost said Wesley Snipes, but that is definitely not correct. Um, old uh, Tommy Lee Jones. He's got a very uh, yeah, distinct look. Although Wesley Snipes was in that movie, wasn't he? He, he, was the, the, uh... he was in the second one. Yes, he was in. Uh, that's probably why I was getting the mix up there. He was in. Um... I think it was called U.S. Marshals. Was it? OK, because the first one is with um, uh, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, which was that? the fugitive. That was the fugitive. OK. Yeah. Mm. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure the second one is U.S. Marshals. Yeah. And then you got a uh, Robert Downey Jr. who I always forgets in that as well. Uh huh. He's the he's the real bad guy. That was that might have actually still been uh, having drug problems, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, that was definitely uh, of the. That was like late nineties. Yeah, that was definitely of the Simpsons era of that uh, joke they did. That's, that's like, still one of the best bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what is it like? Oh, look, there's Robert Downey Jr. Downey, yeah, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is filming a movie. Yeah, right, I see he's having camera. a shootout with the with the police, and you yeah. see him like shooting back and forth, yeah. and it's like I don't see I any see cameras. <laughs> <laughs> No Simpsons. Yeah. How they have shaped and molded our humor. Dude, they're still pretty funny. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. The golden years or quote unquote golden years of the 90s are, are gone, but like they're well, still pretty funny. I feel like The Simpsons is, you know, with these animated shows that have been around a lot long time, like people don't give as much leeway as for like a show like SNL. You know what I mean? Like where it's just like it's understood that SNL is like generally like you know, your favorite cast is around the time that you were in high school or college and you're just starting to get into it. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I love The Simpsons, like, you know, when I was in high school, like, in Family Guy as well. Like, it's not that I dislike it now. It's just that, uh, you know, I my taste have changed. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like there's very few shows that, like, have um, kept my interest for m- multiple decades of like you know like, like the only exception i would say is like south park but i would argue that south park like their their content and their humor has evolved as well over the decades like if you look at like early couple seasons of south park vastly different show than what the stuff they make today yeah they've evolved a lot not to mention just the way they do production with the whole six days to air like right they're able to stay very current like a lot of their episodes are very topical about like what's actually currently going on yeah and and so they they feel they always feel fresh and relevant exactly and like again i I haven't really kept up with any like family guy or or simpsons probably since like high school or maybe like you know freshman year in college but like you know like there was still like that still definitely shaped a lot of like my humor where i still probably like of course now that i'm trying to uh make a reference of it it escapes me but i know i like make a little references like from the old episodes of family guys like all the time yeah throughout my adult life um uh oh like you know everyone still does the, the cool whip or you know with the oh yeah that'd be weird um that's not even one that i use a lot actually i'm just trying to think like i'll probably remember everyone in, everyone at least in like a certain age group still like gets that reference if you do the cool whip yeah like, they, like pretty much i would say anyone like 
within a few years, either way of our age, we'll get that. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a, uh, it's tricky waters because like, I'm such a huge fan of like South park and like everything they do. And I know they had beef with, uh, with family guy. And I also like, even Seth MacFarlane himself is like, uh, kind of giving into like, yeah, well, they made a fair critique, you know, yeah. there was a, a, a period there where they, you know, they kind of leaned heavily into the quick cut twos. And yeah. again, I, I haven't like, maybe they're still doing that. I haven't watched it in forever, but like, like, yeah, I don't know. Like I could see how that I could, when you're trying to be more character driven story developments, like, I guess it feels like a cop out, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say like, there weren't plenty of those that just made me laugh my ass off. Like, I don't know, like, Oh, um, the extended, but also I would argue that this one was more of a, a continued, like continued bit that was got funnier every time they did it, where it was uh, Peter fighting the giant chicken. Yeah, that because yeah, it just kept getting more and more ridiculous each time. Yeah. So that was yeah, like an ongoing bit versus like uh yeah, just like a know, random cut what, to. Yeah, like what would Gary Coleman say about this or you know? yeah, and then which a lot of times you could you could tell that was like literally they just think of something funny and be like, This is a funny little idea, but it's like we can't really make an episode based around that entire thing it's like let's literally just throw it in there like you know yeah yeah like oh yeah. so here's one um uh like the uh <laughs> the the slave owner um after you know finding out like it's again it's just another quick slip but it's undeniably funny of like once they find out that the, <laughs> the slaves are free and it's just the slave owner undoing the, the shackles of the slave and just like so we're cool right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb but it's hilarious yeah you know because i don't yeah what, what else would you say in that awkward moment of like <laughs> well yeah this isn't going to come back to haunt me uh like i don't know it's you know it's juvenile it's it's uh yeah it doesn't necessarily uh go along with like a full story but you know still well, and- tickled tickles you know a lot of that stuff, especially or they, this was an early season episode, is actually like a lot of it's referencing other things. Like there was one, I think Peter was on on the bench or whatever, on the stand at court or whatever, and he mentions he refers to something about like was it the Wonder Years or or one of those shows? It was like the one where Arnold and Dudley are molested by the guy who owns the bike shop, and it doesn't yeah. quick cut to that. But for some reason, like his version of it's like the guy bent over and he was like, now scream real loud at my ass. Like, <laughs> you know, you know and it's like, what, why? What, yeah. But what's funny yeah. is he's, he's referring to a real episode of that show. Was it the Wonder Years? What was the one that had what you talking about, Willis, that had Gary Coleman? Oh, um, I can't think of it now that you're asking. Yeah, but whatever that show was, and there was a real episode that dealt with mm. that issue at the time yeah. where they were yeah. like, uh, you know, there was a kid. Yeah, somebody trying. Yeah, to one get of the, the kids. I think it ended up being his friend Arnold, whoever was like molested by the guy who owned the bike shop or whatever. But like, where I don't get where you came up with the part of like now scream real loud. About yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's funny. Like yeah. <laughs> that's another one I still think about sometimes too. And like <laughs> you'll work in that joke here and there whenever the moment comes up in life or whatever. It's just, now yeah. scream real loud. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. There's always going to be a soft spot, you know, for those. Like I, I feel like I feel like they deserve, especially for still being on the air as long as they have been, like a little bit more leeway of like you know, clearly somebody's still watching it. 
as much as like network as cutthroat as network television is like you know they would not just keep on putting it back up on the air if it wasn't yeah same with the simpsons really i mean they're up to like what's renewed through like season 36 is that right yeah i mean who knows i guess fox could probably cancel that contract at any time but yeah well, there's a couple years uh, back. I was hearing that they were preparing for a fam- like an act, like a not a Family Guy TV movie, but kind of like along the lines of like the Simpsons route of like making a fully big budget animated feature for Family Guy. Oh, that that would actually probably do all right. Yeah, but of course, this the way that the media changed those. Who knows? Like, but I feel like this was a couple years ago. I I heard something about that. I I don't know. I wonder if the ship has kind of sailed on Family Guy. But then again, you never know because. Obviously, people are still watching. It's got some sort of viewership because yeah. um, it's still on the air. The only argument I would make for that is that, like, because that's very similar. Like, you know, the Simpsons movie didn't come out to like what almost two and a half decades like, later. Yeah, it was like eighteen years after the premiere. Okay, almost, yeah, yeah. You know? but it was like the only argument I could say that they had in their favor was that that was still two thousand six. Comedies were still big in movie theaters, where now it's like. You know, everything technology's is, changed a lot too, though. The internet right. has, though the internet was around in 2007, but you didn't really have all the streaming services. You didn't really have, I mean, you didn't have social media, not like you've got it now. Yeah. You know, like things still just moved a little bit slower. You got to think the first like 15, maybe even the first 20 years of The Simpsons was like really still more of in like a, uh, like a dial-up world, you know? Well, even thinking about the movie of, like, like, because I was still, you know, keeping up with it at that time, like, the the animation style of the movie was vastly different than what you were seeing on Fox. You know what I mean? Oh, the quality was much higher, yeah. Yeah. You'd see that quite a bit. Um, Family Guy, I feel like if they did a movie, though, they would push the boundaries a lot more. The Simpsons really weren't that much more edgy in the movie than they were in the show. Like, there was maybe a couple, like, extra curse words, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, when the Family Guy just did, like, their movies, or, like, the TV movies or whatever, they definitely did push the boundaries more with, like, like the blood and gore content aspect of it. Yeah. Like, you know, killing Bugs Bunny and, and just, you know, watching the life get throttled out of them. What did oh well they well yeah they did the Star Wars spoofs the Blue Harvest and some mm-hmm. of those and then they this was earlier in the Family Guy uh, seasons again but they did the what the Stewie the Untold Story yeah I I bought that one in high school like our freshman year in high school yeah that was that was a big deal then you know and say so, yeah like I said that was when they uh, again and just a random cutaway of like you know of just the I guess the more realistic version of uh, a talking rabbit coming and chewing a carrot, walking up to a hunter and like, Elmer yeah. just blows him away right in the chest. And he's just, just slowly dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so <laughs> stupid and melodramatic. Yeah. But he's just, ah, ah. yeah. yeah. Ah, so silly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but, but what's weird about that, maybe it's just where I have a soft spot for him, like you said, but it's like, I don't want to talk bad about it, but I find myself in sometimes like when you see like like Family Guys on Hulu, but I see myself kind of as being like, I don't really watch that much anymore. And it's like, but I'm still trying to go through all of the Simpsons episodes on Disney. You know, I'm up yeah. to like season 30 or 31. Yeah, with that, see, you're making that like a whole commitment. Man. I, I don't know if I don't want to put that much like effort into just 
like having to make it a homework assignment where I have to watch every episode. Well, it could that's have been done by now, but that's one reason why is because I've, yeah. I mean, you get after a while, you want to watch something else. So you watch something else for a while. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm still watching a shit ton of like adult animation, you know? It's not like I've grown up that much. Oh, yeah, same. But I've moved on to other things kind of like Rick and Morty. But then again, I still have a soft spot for Futurama, and I'm excited for the reboot they're doing. Are they doing another reboot of the reboot? Yeah, uh, this time it's going to be on Hulu. Like, like I think it's streaming. It's not going to be on TV. So I think it's going to be a Hulu original reboot of... uh, I say reboot. I I don't know how they're going to do it. I imagine it's probably going to kind of uh, it's going to almost be more like a sequel. I'm like trying how, to think how yeah. it was the first time. Well, this is like is you would know this. You're the you're probably the biggest fan. But like, is this the third or the fourth reboot they've done? Because originally Fox, right, and then they had like some TV movies that they just kind of mashed together. As if you, a, if you count the movies, yeah. they were straight to DVD. But if you count the movies then this would be the fourth. If you don't count the movies, then yeah, it's the third. Okay, so it went Fox, DVD movies. Yeah. And it, I want to say Comedy Central picked it, it up. On, yeah, Comedy Central picked it up, and it ran for like another like uh, four seasons, I think. And okay. then it went off again. Oh, Comedy Central. Okay. Yeah. And the, the comedy, now if you stream it on Hulu... The com the the movies are just broken down into like what's the sixth season, right? Yeah, because there was there was like three of them. There was you had Bender's Big Score, uh, Beast with a Billion Backs, and I want to say there was another one that I can't I remember the name of. Oh, and that guy's involved too, right? The uh, guy who plays Bender, they didn't replace him. No, no, I think they finally worked out a deal to get him back because that would have been terrible. If they had to replace him, I would have lost a lot of uh, excitement for it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, every time I think I'm, you know, a decent voice actor, then I hear that guy's normal voice and, and uh, what, how many odd different characters he does. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's a real voice actor. Yeah. That guy has, am I frozen on your end? No. Oh, okay, I am showing it here, so I wasn't sure. Okay. You're still good. Okay, there it goes. It cut back up. Um, yeah, okay, so it was Bender's Big Score, Beast of the Billion Backs, Bender's Game, and then Into the Wild Green Yonder. So they had four uh, straight-to-DVD movies between nice. 07 and 09. Boy, they were really expecting Ender's Game to be a bigger thing, huh? I guess so. <laughs> Just didn't work out for that spoof. I mean, the spoof probably got more attention than the, than the actual movie. Uh, I, the game, I'm pretty sure that's more of like uh, there. There's like a lot more like Dungeons and Dragons, like jokes and references. Nice. Dude, some of their humor in there. I mean, The Simpsons kind of does it too, but they can get a little bit more scientific with the uh, with, with Futurama. But one that really cracks me up was, uh, and this is really in a scientific one, where where Fry gets the bone. He he finds that egg. And rescues it until it hatches, and it turns out to be a bone vampire. It's this like huge, like lizard creature or whatever. Well, it's not huge; it's small, but it grows huge. Oh, I don't and know. They're I, trying to, I, yeah, identify what it even is at first. And he was like, "I found a a reference to the creature in this old. He was like a 
encyclopedia or whatever. He blows the dust off, and it's like a Gygaxicon. And he was like, just as I figured, attack type J. <laughs> Which is funny. Which what's funny about that is Gygax, the Gygaxicon, Gary Gygax was one of the creators of Dungeons and Dragons, the board oh, game. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that's what the reference is, you know. And basically, when they're reading about this creature that was supposed to be extinct, it, it looks like a DD manual and it's still like a bone vampire, attack type J, and it tells you like what it is. Yeah. Fucking nerd. Yeah. Dude, but but at the same time, you know, like the writing staff of that collectively had, I don't know what it was, but like a lot of years at like Harvard and MIT. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of the same writers from The Simpsons, right? So it's a lot of, yeah, Harvard, National Lampoon grads. Writing staff. Uh, let me see if I can. Yeah, the writing staff held three PhDs, seven master's degrees, and cumulatively had more than 50 years at Harvard University. Which Good is pretty God. insane to be working on a cartoon. Just like, and 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 yeah. I, I guess ah uh, the episode <laughs> where they were uh where the professor made a machine that could um switch their bodies, mm-hmm. but they could only switch one way, so they had to figure out a way to get everybody back into their same body. And apparently, the formula they came up with the show to do that they were actually like featured in a math journal for coming up with that. You know, I guess it's a win in some regard, but if I'm writing comedy, I'd like to be featured in a comedy journal. I don't know. That's just me. Not to keep shitting on Futurama, but like, it was definitely like, um, I mean, that was definitely your show. Like, there were still definitely like funny, hilarious bits, but like, yeah, there was a lot of the stuff that went over my head. Like, anytime it was related to D&D. Every time I think of that show, though, I always think of the, like, and I don't even remember what the episode was about, but it was like a, that huge rock person. And just like, here, oh, we, yeah, do, we shall now go through. Yeah, we shall now go through a series of tests. Test number one: Who can drink the most arsenic? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and then when they're all like, "Oh, it was killed over in pain," he was yeah. like, "It's like inconclusive." It's like test number two: <laughs> Who can drink, drink the most, the most sulfur? sulfur? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, or the one uh, where they're they're arguing for Proposition Infinity to legalize robosexual marriage. And everybody's like, oh, oh, oh. And then the ghost, ooh. It's, I had no idea. You know they did that only to just feature that in there. Oh, because yes, they were like, remember, yeah. They were like, every other type of relationship has been legified. They were like, they were like, uh, you know, a human and other human. They were like, mm. human and alien. He was like, uh, even horse and ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a ghost right there. And then well, I, for, I forget what they say. Well, the but punch, it, was it was like a it was like some kind of like uh the punchline was set up to where it was just obviously the ghost is gonna say boo, but like as in like he disagrees. Yeah. But it was like, oh, that's for that's what it was. Boo. They were all boo, 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 and the ghost boo. <laughs> <is> boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that show, the more I think yeah. about it, is really well written. Like, even yeah. I think this is like a season one where they go to the moon and the moon's been turned into an amusement park. And they've got the, the moon uh, uh, mascot and he's, he's wearing the costume. His head looks like a giant moon. And he's like, I'm Crater Face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Bender's drinking a beer. 
So he said, I'll have to uh, confiscate your alcohol. And he was like, he's like, uh, worse mascots than you have tried, like jams the (laughs) bottle in the mask. He was like, I, well, at least I still have my dignity. (laughs) 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 He just starts crying, but all his face isn't moving. All you see is the mask with like a bottle shoved in it. (laughs) Yeah. I will agree that those are always, those have always been my favorite bits where it's just like a huge setup just to pay off like a, the most of it's stupid joke. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That's good. That's bad. That's good. Yeah. That's one of those shows that I consider being in my bag. Like if, if there's nothing else on, you just need to watch something or like maybe you want something like to watch kind of like while you're falling asleep, but you don't want it to be too distracting. It's like, ah, throw Futurama on. Like, All right. So that's, that brings us to a new segment that I'm deeming now called What's in John's Bag? Yeah. What's in his bag? Got a little bit of Futurama in there. Some, uh, yeah, uh, some homework assignments for The Simpsons. Um, what, else, what else are you watching these days? Well, before it moved to Peacock, Parks and Rec was in, the, right. in my bag. Yeah. What else? Uh, King, King of the Hill. Solid dude. Yeah. Uh, man, there is this one show that I've been watching on HBO Max that I think you should really get into. Uh, it's called Fired on Mars. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with it. Um, and the only reason I said this because it, it reminds me of, like the humor is uh even though none of the I, I thought for sure when I watched the pilot, it's like, oh, this has gotta be like uh you know, um oh, Jesus Christ, what's his name? Uh creator of King of the Hill. Oh, um Mike Judge. Mike, yeah, I was like, this has got to be like a new Mike Judge show because, like, it's just got like such something like that dry humor, which is like, you know, I think like he does that so well on like uh, animated shows that were like a lot of people don't really touch as much, but these guys do it too, and they do it really well. And it's got it's got some of the same people that like Mike Judge has worked with in the past. Like, it stars uh, Luke Wilson is the main character, and he's pretty great in it. But uh, check it out; it's Fired on Mars, and then Stephen Root has a small part. Dude, Stephen Root's in everything. That guy's got the yeah. career to have. Right? Yeah. Well, he's been at it forever, too, you know? If you ask me, that's... I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love... I think we all would love it. It'd be cool to be the, the leading man, you know, big, you know, star. But at the same time, I also think there'd be something really cool about an established character actor like Stephen Root. If you look around, that guy's in a bunch of stuff. Like, he's in Barry... Yeah, well, dude, like practicality wise, like as like if just a if you want to like just be an actor who just works all the time, and like you get you get to just do these awesome roles, and then you have to go home, you know, like after what only you know, with the exception I would say of Barry because he is more one of the bigger characters in that show, but like you know his career I would say even like maybe let's say like what five years prior to that. Like, like you said, he was in everything, but like he was just popping up in all these awesome projects. But like, you know, you get to come on set, you get to goof around, you have a fucking awesome time. Yeah. Or you, you get to play these, you know, weird sinister roles and like get out or whatever. But like, again, he's only probably on set for like a couple of days. And it's just like, you know, you exactly. get in, films like, his yeah. parts. Yeah. Plus, he does voice acting too. Right. So I wonder what his fee costs for like voice acting. Cause in general, at least for TV, now movies may be different, but at least for TV, voice actors generally don't make the money that like other actors do, unless you're like really like like obviously like the cast of The Simpsons makes really good money or something. But right, but I mean, I've talked to you know, as you know, I have some 
some credits uh, yeah. with my uh, name misspelled in them in the, in the voice acting world. And, um, you know, they're all non-union, but like uh, I've spoken with some people since I've been out here that have done some other voice acting stuff. And, um, you know, because I, like I was curious, too. I was like, man, is it like a different kind of union for just doing like voice acting stuff? No, it's all still Screen Actors Guild. So, you know, and I'm not saying that like, uh, you know, they shouldn't get paid more. But like for just even coming in and getting paid scale ain't bad, you know, and comparatively where I'm, you know, comparatively to having my day job, uh, uh, you know, not doing voice like it pays well, more a lot more. Well, question though, Uh, what about TV then? Or or, but but that's a separate, I guess, union for TV now, right? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. It's all the same union. So they're still getting scale, which again, I'm not arguing that they shouldn't be getting, you know, more. Or that they shouldn't be getting more because they should, if, especially if you're, you know, you're a big name like Stephen Root that's drawing more people into checking that show out, which again, you should definitely do it. If not yeah. just for his little small part, which again, he's not like a main character in it, but you know, every time he, you hear his voice, it's, it's always doing something hilarious. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, he, obviously he was a regular voice on King of the Hill and I feel like just every now and then, like the other day, I didn't even realize that I was uh, watching, I was at my parents, we were watching Rango. The uh, animated movie mm-hmm. about the lizard with Johnny Depp. Well, Stephen Root's a voice in that. Makes sense. You know, yeah. I, I haven't seen Rango, but I gotta assume that yeah, yeah. probably. I was watching. I was like, wait a minute, is that Stephen Root? I'm like, look it up. Yes, it is. So, and and yeah, to me, that's that or a voice actor, character actor, voice actor. Those seem like a career to have. Go make your money. You know, be gone. You know, film your part in just a couple days, probably depending on the s- scale of the shoot, but. Dude, he's crossed the threshold too of like, um, you know, because especially when King of the Hill was running, like they didn't want to like reuse a lot of the same like uh, voice actors on, um, you know, their shows that like he was talking about it on some podcast. I can't remember, but he's finally crossed the threshold. Like it's King of the Hill has been off the air long enough to where he's actually been on. Um, I don't know if he's been on Family Guy yet, but he has done a voice on The Simpsons. finally. Oh, OK. Yeah. And so yeah, he's basically, you know. Any show that needs a, you know, a prominent voice actor, he's been around. Dude, and he did multiple voices on uh, King of the Hill, too. He wasn't just oh, yeah. Bill. He was also like Buck Strickland. And- yeah, that was probably my favorite character. Yeah. This book, yeah. <laughs> Buck Strickland's such a scumbag. but Such a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what makes him funny. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at like his acting credits, uh, 276 credits. Like the guy's done a ton of work. God. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say his first role was like Crocodile Dundee. Is that right? Oh, let's see. Which I haven't seen, but, uh, and everything's in here. There's both movie and TV. Yeah. Talk about, uh, you know, giving hope to a a guy who started, who came out uh, to LA later in life to take his acting career more seriously. I think Stephen Root was about my age, if not maybe even slightly older. When he first got his, you know, first on-camera role, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, Crocodile Dundee two DEA agent. Oh yeah, T parenth- yeah parentheses two. toilet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that's like two different roles, or that was his character name. And maybe that was agent. the character name or nickname or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he was like a talking toilet as well as a DEA agent. 1988. Yep. And then you're seeing, again, a lot of TV in here. Just little stuff. The Golden yeah. Years. Jake and the Fat Man. All right. Two episodes. 
that was another um, reference that they uh, in Family Guy a lot that I never really got. Like I didn't even understand that like this was an actual TV show. It's like yeah. that's a, that's a weird, stupid name for a for a show that they just made up. Nope, actually a real thing. It was a real Jake and the Fat Man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the guy just like <sighs> just breathing heavily in a chair and just hold up. We're gonna get. Like, Heck, he, was, he was even in an episode of Seinfeld. And I know oh, yeah. uh, I saw him in an episode of Big Bang Theory, too. Like, that guy just shows up everywhere. It's the man. Yeah. Johnny Bravo. One episode of that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. And then, obviously, we know he was Milton in Office Space. That he was. That he was. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, I'd be curious what, like, what his rate is like a very established character actor is to do like a motion picture, even to do a show like Barry, where he's got a like a co-starring role. I don't know. I'd say um, probably on par with John DiMaggio's. Maybe. You think? Of course, yeah. you know he had that whole debacle with the, you know, them, him trying to get a raise for doing Bender. Like, did they ever disclose what his rate was? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure they keep all that behind closed doors. It's just like, yeah, you know, we we were able to come to an agreement. Yeah, so I gotta assume that they're probably in the same with Steve Root. I was just gonna say if it was like, because they do kind of, you know, versus like on camera actors, like they do tr- kind of, you know, st- try to stick it to voice actors more. Because oh well, we could replace you easily. Like no, oh, not really. Like very few people can do John DiMaggio's voice, and then also he has the backing of a huge following. Of like they're not gonna, you know, tune into something where he gets replaced. John DiMaggio is one of like the go-to voice actors right now. He has been for a number of years. Well, as far as like, okay, like not to say that Stephen Root doesn't have a good amount of range because he does, but like this is what I'm saying. Of like, um, I feel like. And again, not to like uh, devalue what Stephen Root does, but like I would be lucky to have a like a career like Stephen Root as a voice actor. Yeah, you know, I, I have some range, but there's no fucking way I could do what John DiMaggio does. Like that guy is like, there's like five different people living in his body that could do Dude, seven, seventy different voices. You know what I mean? Same, yeah. Or yeah. Uh, some of these guys, you think same here. I feel like sometimes like I do voices and and things pretty well. I'd probably be an okay voice actor. But you see guys like that, it's like, no way I could even, you know. Yeah, it's like he can have a conversation like with just himself. And it sounds like distinctly, not like two, like he's doing two different words. Like it's distinctly two different types of people from two different yeah. blocks of life talking to each other. I, and I mean, you that's know? honestly the the very impressive part. Like once you once you know that these are the same voice actors, sometimes you can kind of hear it. But honestly, if you didn't know, like uh, Billy but, West, yeah. you know, he does Fry. He does Zoidberg. He does uh, the Professor. All on on there, like they all sound like distinctively different people. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I know he does various other voices too, but those are like the three most prominent. Well, I just think of like yeah, of um, hearing or seeing John DiMaggio because he was in the first season of that um, that one show we uh, like to check out, uh, which I haven't tuned in. I don't know if they've done another season of it or not. Um, where they're it's like you know it's uh a farcical uh, of this, you know, studio uh, that's making video games. What what is it called? Um, oh, Mythic, yeah, Quest, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was hilarious. I what, didn't get what, to see all of was it the second season or whatever. That's pretty good, man. And I don't yeah. know if they if they made a third season yet or not. I, I haven't really uh, kept up with the uh, Apple TV Plus or whatever. 
But um, fucking just hearing um, John DiMaggio, you know, play like a regular guy, just his regular voice compared to like, you know, again, I never even played the video game, but just like seeing snippets of him doing Marcus Phoenix and yeah. then doing Bender and just like, that is Jesus Christ, man. Like, I don't know how you could do that without like just blowing at your vocal cords. Dude, and again, that. yeah, major motion picture I'm looking up right now. He's a voice in the new Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. He's playing Stratosphere. Right. Yeah. Dude, that makes yeah. total sense. Cause I think, yeah. Yeah. He, like I don't I haven't really looked into the credits for any of that, but he definitely has like the the baritone, like that deep voice. He could for sure be any number of those Transformers. Yeah. Dude, uh, the new the reboot of Animaniacs, see some voices in there. Everything's getting rebooted, man. Yeah. Another yeah. Batman film. He was James Gordon, an animated one. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to see. There was something I saw. You speak of weird seeing him in a regular role. I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh, excuse me. And uh, it it was it was in person. It was a live role, and he was just playing. It was like a like a construction foreman, and it was one of those just like random. And I was like, "Whoa, is that John DiMaggio?" I'm like, and he's just there talking in his regular voice. It was just like a little, yeah, a little it, part, you know. Well, that's again more credit to him too it's just like you know if you don't know who he is if you don't know his voice acting credits like he just blends in so well just being an average guy and then of course yeah. if, you know you went into a room behind a curtain you're like oh my god there's a the voice of god and or a demon talking to me or a drunk robot you know Same, sure like, it surely cannot be coming from this ab- totally normal looking person heck i speak he was the voice of the joker in one of the uh animated batman films it might have been under the red hood All right, I give up. I quit. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, oh yeah, it was on Better Call Saul. That's what it was. There was an episode I was watching, and he was the construction foreman. Dude, I got to finish watching that show too. Same. I haven't watched season six yet. You know, I I got a little disheartened there for a minute, which I'm sure it's okay to talk about this stuff now because it's been years. But I got uh, I got to audition for that show multiple times, but um, didn't ever get anything from it. Man, and it's like, that would have been awesome to be. Yeah, on. it would have been. Yeah, but it's one of those things too, especially when it's like self tapes, and this is before the pandemic. It's like okay, well, and especially with self tapes in particular, like like well, either one or two things is happening. It's like either they're seeing you know my audition, thinking okay, well he's not really right for this role, but we'll try him for this other role. Maybe that's what's happening. Like they they like my auditions, but they don't like me for this role or whatever, and they're still giving me other shots, or they keep forgetting that they've already had me audition. Yeah, and then they bring it up, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, this guy again." Yeah, this asshole again. Yeah, uh, I thought I told you to cross his name off the list. Yeah, they just talk to their editor, like, "Do me a favor, put this on a disc, like, so like I have a physical copy that I can throw in the trash." Yeah, yeah, I want to make a point out of this guy. Yeah. Oh man, uh, it was such a good show. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Honestly, I feel like that would be the kind of gig to have. Character actor or voice actor? Voice actor, you don't even have to be seen. And 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 I saw Mark Hamill doing a an interview about that where he was talking about through voice acting that the neat thing is like it allows you to play certain things like that you may not ever get to actually play in live action. Like oh, for sure, yeah. Like you're you're playing the like the the big muscular superhero or whatever. He's like, I don't have the right look for that. He was like, but I can play him in a voice, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. 
but you know, as you know, it's uh, especially when there's so much exceptional talent out there, it's hard to even break into that door. People think that, like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm struggling as a regular actor. Like, I'll just, I'll just do voice acting. Like, like, you think like it's hard to make it as like a fucking on camera actor? Like, dude, I've spent years in the voice that over world. Like, it's like I barely cracked my foot through the door. Yeah, like that is a small, small like. And of course, why would you need it to be bigger when you have exceptional talent? That like, yeah, they can play well, anything. And it seems to yeah. me the, in my opinion. And obviously, I've never worked professionally as a voice actor, but uh, one one thing that seems that I think is the hardest part is creating original voices. Like, For okay, sure. it's one thing to try and do an impression or even like an impression of maybe a real person who existed, but but if you there, you've got a audition for a show that's just being created, you. You know, all all that happens is the director's kind of got this vision, and maybe he doesn't even really know exactly what he wants. And you've got to create an original voice. Yeah, it doesn't sound corny. So, I mean, I guess that's the next um, aspiration, I guess, to say for me as like a voice actor, because you know, all the stuff like that I've done, uh, you know, for credits for like in big shows and stuff is just the dubs, the English dubs, right? So it's not necessarily like they're looking for a unique, distinct voice. They're looking for a type to fill this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, again, and they're all small parts, so it's not like uh, anything any, uh, crazy, uh, you know, uni- unique stuff. Like, you know, they just want to, oh, uh, Goofy, yeah, do Goofy voice for playing this baboon. Or, you know, maniacally laughing cannonball. Or, you know... Uh, scared villager, you know. It's not like, oh well, now's your time to really knock it out of the park with park with these two lines of, uh, you know, yeah, on little side characters, yeah, yeah. But hey, that's still credits, you know. That's no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, trying to put that down as in like, you know, it's I, I'm psyched to be doing that kind of stuff, you know. Like I said, it's taken years to even get that to be in that world, but like. Yeah, that would be the ultimate goal of like to be able to like uh especially now that I'm out here where, you know, God willing I can get a union job one of these days and uh, you know, be able to uh get like a like a distinct voice that is uh, you know, crafted uh, to my own stupid personality that I can get on, you know, an animated show and, that other people honestly, are trying to replicate. You uh get a union job. I mean, I'm not saying like you're set from there, but because you're not necessarily. Definitely I mean, not. sometimes, yeah. sometimes that could be just the the you know the one thing. At least then you're in the union, you know. Well, it definitely opens the door to like. I don't know. I've gotten pretty lucky just because of my the connections I made when I got out here, and having some of the you know connects I made before I got out here. Of like, most agencies or you know managers don't even want to deal with you if you're not union, but. Because, uh, you know, I have so many other, you know, uh, colleagues that are and that vouch for me. That's uh, helped me, you know, get representation. But, like, I would assume that, again, yeah, if I get an actual job where I could join the union, that would open more doors for bigger projects. Because right now, again, I don't know, I'm just at this phase right now where, like, few months ago it was just awesome like oh finally i'm back to auditioning again and it's regular and it's you know it's hell it's 
some weeks more than I can keep up with, you know, I had to de- decline some, but like, and then, but it's not like the projects aren't like, um, you know, they're not dream projects. They're not, most of them aren't for TV shows. Most of them are for commercials. Um, which again, good problems to have, but like, that's the next level is to, uh, I, you know, I'm psyched to be out here once again, auditioning for stuff, but like, I didn't move out here to be a uh, commercial actor, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the, I don't know, whatever term you want to use catch 22 or double-edged sword, whatever, like you could always say, well, that's a good place to start. But at the same time, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be stuck doing that. Well, the good, the good thing is right. Is like, because there's so much new media around now, there's like the stigma of um of just being a commercial actor it doesn't really exist anymore not like it used to you know yeah but um but yeah i don't know i'm just yeah it's just me bitching like everything takes time you know yeah but uh so yeah hope that's but that is obviously the end goal which i don't think that should be much of a surprise to hear that um you know an actor wants to be in good things yeah that an actor actually wants to be in like Big budget feature films, like yeah, that's blowing people's pretty, minds. I know. Yeah, that's generally pretty much everyone that I know that's trying to go for that kind of thing. What their uh, end goal is? Well, it's you know, I don't know. It's been interesting. It's been uh, inspiring in a lot of ways, man. Um, and ironic that um, since I moved out here, people that I knew in in Texas and from what I can see have mostly stayed around that area. But again, it's like. You got to remember, though, like it's slim chances, regardless of, uh, you know, living in Texas or L.A., but I would argue even slimmer chances like living in Texas. But like um, a guy I used to be in a, a acting class with, he's in the, the, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Well, he was this is actually his second um, project that he's worked with on uh, with James Gunn on. Um, and did you watch the uh, the new Suicide, Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, I did. The he was like Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, he was um one of the uh, whatever the um, fake country they were in or whatever. He was like one of the military people. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then he's like uh, playing an alien or something in this other one. He's a nice guy. Uh, Terrazzo de Villa is his name, I think. Uh, I don't really know him that well, but anyways, we had the same acting uh, teacher, and uh, and then I just saw on Facebook today that an old. Uh, buddy i used to run with uh doing stand-up right before i got out here is um was doing uh shows at uh the comedy store in the laugh factory nice you know it's not like he's a featured act but still that's huge man guy from dallas you know he's coming out here just to do that stuff so it's inspiring it just like uh reminds me hey i gotta gotta get up my my old keister there's a guy there around here i didn't really know him that well but they used to have an open mic night at hat tricks up here on uh mondays mm-hmm. and it's got his name was jamie something jamie gravit could have been he used to go by jamie gravy that might I mean, have been it it's him it's exactly i know what you're talking about he he uh opened for eddie griffin for yeah a while. apparently he like his career was actually doing pretty good there for a while you know? i'd still argue that he, i'd argue that he's still doing pretty good he does i got uh, no idea what he's up to now i just remember some people that knew him at the time telling me like oh he did this and he was on this and i was like oh dang so he's actually yeah. like a working comic he's not just coming here and hosting this and yeah exactly yeah i think he headlines that like uh hyenas and stuff and 
I'm not, again, it's like, I don't really know him that well. Like I knew, um, my buddy, uh, uh, Shiva, who was out here, uh, doing the comedy store and stuff. Um, I hung out with him, but like, I, I think I met Jamie in passing maybe like we're, we're, we're friends on Facebook. Um, so that must be how that happened. But, uh, but yeah, no, he seems like he's doing pretty good, man. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Again, don't really know him that well. Seems like a nice guy. Dude. And do you remember, uh, uh, Corey Cannon from high school. Yeah. I guess he's doing something. I don't know. I just occasionally see updates on social media. I haven't talked to the guy in years. Yeah. He's working like stunts there for a while, but it seems like he's actually had some roles in some stuff here. Well, he's, um, I think he's doing a lot of stuff with, uh, Twilight Barnett, who is, um, she's, uh, more known in the, in the Dallas area. She's in located in Weatherford actually. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, I had a, a meeting with her, uh, a short meeting with her, right when I got out of college. But um, her her sons are more known for uh, Bug Hall is her son. Oh, I remember you telling me about her, yeah. her son being. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that was the same lady. Okay. So she runs like a little uh, acting academy out there, like mostly like child child actors and stuff. And then like her her other son, what his name escapes me. Um, he was like. Uh, um you remember uh oh the wedding singer yeah the little kid who comes up to uh robbie's uh you know ex-fiance and goes elena yo a bitch yeah that's her other son and he okay and he runs um uh or did i don't know if he still does but he ran like a stunt program and i think that's what Corey got involved with that and he got more involved with her from what i can tell anyways i I've, i've had very few interactions with him you know since been out of school he he asked me about like some something for like making an independent film that looks like you know just aspirationally they made like some kind of indie western or there's a trailer for it anyways i don't know if if it's just a promo trailer if it's a real thing or not well that's cool but yeah it seems like he's uh he's picking himself up by the uh independent filmmaker bootstraps and you know going for that route all right yeah which kudos to him, man. You know, like I said, that stuff's inspiring to see. I, uh, oh, I don't know if I told you that earlier, but, um, so the, uh, the little mockumentary we just got our award for, for the best mockumentary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> getting a little gravel in my voice there. I think I'm subconsciously trying to become John DiMaggio in one way, oh, one way awesome. or another. Yeah. But, um, I started writing a, uh, a, uh, spinoff for that for my character in that thing. So, okay. We'll see how that goes, you know, start utilizing the uh, connections that I have out here, but you know, early stages. I know I was talking about it for a while and I still had to finish it, but I got a solid, solid eight pages or so knocked out so far, which is good for a, a pilot for a web series, but. I think. Have you uh, put it into chat GPT? Maybe it can help you take it all the way. Maybe. Yeah. But it's I'm thinking about using it to help me write something. I don't know. Dude, what it's that. it's a good yeah. tool. It's a good it tool, is it, the nice thing is it I found it really helps for like uh like if nothing else, writer's block. It can at least sure, just spitball yeah. ideas and get you going. And you could be like, Oh man, I didn't think of that. And it's like cool, yeah, now really. I've got something to work with. And like, yeah. Yeah, from the producers of Chicken Run and, and the Godfather. Godfather comes. Wings, yeah. wings galore, or wings of glory, to be decided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. TBD, TBD, yeah, TBD, yeah. 
Uh, but all right, man, it, it's getting about that time. I'm going to have to cut it off. I was going to say, yeah, I was waiting for you to tell me when, because yeah. like, uh, with unlike our other app that we used to use, which I guess we're not going to be using that anymore, that actually had a timer for how long we've been running. But here, it doesn't, no, no timer. So just, you know, as long as we go, as, as long as we go, I guess. Oh, but yeah. We'll I have, was, to, have to be more cognizant of the time when we started, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this has been a, it's been an interesting one. Yeah, this one's been a little bit more of a another another introspective episode, another yeah, yeah. another another discussion topic. Which we'll have to get a little more introspective. Yes, yeah. that's a word. That's a phrase. People use it all the time. I mean, I would argue that that introspective implies the existence of outrospective. Yes, we'll get more introspective on the next episode, and we'll try to come up with some more uh, talking points, some more uh, bits. Maybe uh, bring a, a subject for us, Sir John. I'll have to think up another one. Yeah. Well, enjoy your um your uncle Lucius. I will. And if you uh, get to the bottom of who the actual uncle is, please do let us know. Okay, I guess outrospective is a word, and it was actually an the third album of a band called Faithless in two thousand and one. Boom! I had faith that Faithless made that a, a word for me. Cool. So there you go. So uh, outrospective is a thing. All right. Well, hey, man, enjoy your concert. Say, uh, we'll do. Uh, say what's up to old Easy. Is that who you're going to the concert with? Well, he gave me the tickets, but uh, I guess he's something's come up. His wife's doing something. He's got to watch the baby. He's not able to go. Oh, my name's Aaron Eads. I have yeah. a small child. I have, I, to watch I, yeah. over. Oh. I, I have a I have a wife and a family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, responsibilities. Yeah, like, oh. People love me. Oh. Yeah. 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 Viewers and listeners, just so you know, I sound exactly like him. That was a spot on impression. Both of us. Somehow, <laughs> both of us sound exactly like him. <laughs> All right. Well, um, All right. Yeah, I'll see you later, man. Okay. Later, bye. Boy, How about that for a second episode of the second season, dear listener? Yes, sir, we took a stroll down old memory lane of the cartoons that made us. And I whine insistently about my ambitions slowly coming to fruition. What a whiny, whiny, titty baby I can be, dear listener. And I would like to apologize for that, but I won't, because the older I get, the more I have learned to accept. That's just a part of who I am. Not all the time, but at least sometimes. And I've learned to embrace that part of myself. Not necessarily, you know, make it my main component, but also not shame myself for sometimes being a baby requires a titty to complain about. I think we all sometimes have a, a bit of the baby of titty in us and can be impatient. And that's okay. As long as we learn eventually to hone the patience of our impatience. Also helps is that uh, I've been uh Having a uh, a good visit with uh, my acting buddy Joe, who we mentioned on this podcast a few times, and uh, essentially uh, through most of the visit, I 
I did a good chunk of that. And while he didn't steer me necessarily in the other direction, it's nice to just um, be cognizant of how much you, of hearing yourself sometimes and saying, well, I sure am whining about good things happening in my life. And now is a time for me to stop doing that. For the time being, you know? Like I've got it off my chest. I've, I've whined the, the titty babies right off my titties. And now I'm just feeling humble and grateful for the opportunities that I've, I've had, uh, dear listener, in this, uh, in this past year. It's been, it's been a roller coaster filled with ups and downs, a lot of wheeze and a lot of woes. But in the end, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at in life. I could be better, but I venture to say most of us have the same argument with our lives. But you know what? Still not a bad place to be. So if you're out there thinking, I could be better, but on second thoughts, I ain't too shabby where I'm at. Good on you. Good on you. And take that. Uh, take that victory of, of thought and carry it with you and try to hold on to it for a long period of time almost as long as your insistent bitching see if you can you know match those two make a graph or a pie chart you know really really just get get deep into it or just let whatever I'm saying wash right over your face and earballs. Because at the end of the day, as I do with every ending of this podcast, I'm just talking right out of my keister. And that, dear listener, I have also learned to accept. Acceptance. Acceptance and... Reminiscence, I think, is the theme of this episode. We reminisce on the things that we've come to accept or struggle to accept and accept acceptance. And in accepting that, things happen in life. And those things usually are good but also sometimes bad and words are still coming out of my mouth Uh, and with that i'd like to say in closing as always como se llama hermana lo siento pelapento good night all my fellow north texans all my peeps up in the north tejas Sweet dreams, all my fellow Angelinos. And for everyone in between, have a nice helping of some self-esteem and sweet dreams. For this has been another episode of the Big Boys Podcast.
a podcast produced by Not So Funny or Proud Productions. The team consists of co-hosts, co-producers, and co-editors Brian Hickey and John Sorrells, better known as John the Great. For more information about the duo or this show, please visit us at bigboyspodspot.com or feel free to take a gander at our production page, notsofunnyorproud.com. Look us up on social media and follow us at Big Boys Podspot. New episodes drop every Thursday on every popular podcast hosting platform known to man. So please be sure to like, subscribe, vibe, describe, contrive, confide, collide, abide, preside, tell your tribe, and most importantly, do prescribe. Me and Elixir for talking at the side of my neck.